Welcome right. to episode seven, seven yeah. of the still have not figured yes. out the name. Well, you know, maybe podcast. by the next time, maybe we, yeah. by fall season or something, you know, we might have a, a name, but it's, it's Pete and Brian, Brian and Pete. Uh, yep. That's Brian. I'm Pete. Yep. Um, we talk a lot about LSU sports and uh, other stuff occasionally because my mind zigs and zags. Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, we're we're wrapping up this particular season today. Is that yeah, right? Um, yeah. So this so, is episode seven of our first season, season, one. season yeah. one of when we started to do this. So why don't we get rolling into the uh, what has happened recently? Yeah, um, past couple of weeks. The uh, women's track and field team uh, was at the Pac-12 Championships down in Tucson, and um, they put together a really nice, strong showing. Actually, uh, they finished eleventh of twelve teams in the conference, but uh, since the program has been reinstated, do you know exactly when the program came back? It's only been a couple of years. Okay? No. Yeah. Um, but they uh, they actually made their best uh, performance since the program has been reinstated, 23 team points. They had their heptathletes. They have two really awesome heptathletes, Saskia McNary and Claire Corbett, and Corbett took 13th overall. Uh, her best individual effort of the season, actually, and she finished ninth in the 100-meter hurdles. And then McNary took seventh overall in the Pac-12 with a wow. second-place finish in the long jump and fourth in the 200 meters. And then uh, some running took place, of course, because <laughs> some train track does you know imply that running takes place. And freshman uh, Grace Featherstonhaw took seventh in the 3,000 meter steeplechase and freshman Mari Friedman ran the sixth fastest 800 meter in school history which that got her 19th overall. Lauren Miller ran the 10th best 200 in school history which landed 16th overall in the conference and um, let's see what else jumpers they of course run they jump the jumpers did well Saskia McNary took fourth in the long jump at 19 feet 8.75 inches and Ann Wingleth took fifth at 19.8 in the high jump. Wingleth actually grabbed 10th place in the conference at five foot three and uh, three quarters in to one quarter inch. And Emma Nelson took 14th. Then there was the throwers, and the throwers have been awesome all year. Yeah, they've been really fun to, to see what they've been doing. And well, in the hammer throw, Lindsay McShane got seventh place. She chucked it 191 feet, 6 inches. Jessica Molina took 13th place, 171 feet, 2 inches. Sydney Guthrie Baker took 14th at 165, 10 inches. And Keely McLaughlin, she's been awesome all year, and she set some records. She's going to be um, really great when her career's over. She's uh, actually took 16th in, in this particular event, the hammer throw, with 146 feet, 9 inches, and then... Uh, Javelin, they had two Beaver athletes in the top 10, which is awesome. Freshman Jordan Slater took ninth with the throw of 150 feet, which was short of her longest throw of the year, but it was still a good performance in the Pac-12 championships. And Destiny Dawson threw 148 feet, 4 inches, which was good for 10th place. So two Beavers in the top 10, which is fantastic. Yeah. Delaney Hall got 14th with a throw of 146 feet. Kendall Bailey threw her way into the top 20 at 130 to finish dead on 20th. And Lindsay McShane mentioned her because she's she's a heck of a thrower. She was top 10 in the discus, took ninth with a throw of 160 feet, 5 inches. 
So uh, Keely McLaughlin um, also put her stamp on the shot put. That's been her thing all year long. She took fifth place in the entire Pac-12 with an OSU record 50 feet, 4.75 inches. And right behind her was uh, redshirt freshman, fellow redshirt freshman, Taylor Crockham at 50 feet, 2 inches, which tied the old record held for just a few weeks by <laughs> Keely McLaughlin. And Jessica Molina then came in at 14th. 46 feet, 2.75 inches. Sydney Guthrie Baker took 15th at 45 feet, 1.5 inches. So again, very impressive showing yeah, by the can, throwers. They can throw. They had a great season. Congrats to them. The other events were awesome as well. This program's only a few years old, and uh, they're just making all sorts of strides. Yeah. Are we starting? Uh, where are we at? We're uh, starting golf. We're at women's golf. Yeah. Women's golf team did make the NCAA tournament. They played in their regional at Tumble Creek in Clay Ellum, Washington. To no one's surprise, USC won that regional. They're the number one team in the country for a reason. Beavers just missed out on advancing to the national championships. Uh, only the top six teams go. They made it to eighth place, but they were only three shots back of sixth place San Jose State. So only the top teams advanced, top six advanced to the nationals. Still a great season for the Beavers. They made regionals for the third year in a row. And Corvallis isn't exactly a hotbed of golf, so, you know, it's not a town that uh, routinely provides golf weather, so this program competes really well. Yeah. And individually, the great Ellie Slama did make nationals. Uh, top three individuals that didn't make the nationals got to go, and the sophomore from Kaiser pulled that off, three under for the tournament time for 11th overall. Most impressive, though, was her final round. She really needed to go deep to make it into the uh, three individuals. And she did. She actually shot six under uh, to advance. That tied the school record for the uh, lowest score in an individual round. Great job by her. One thing that the team did do awesome was they got some postseason awards for the all-academic team. Olivia Benzin, Susie Cavanaugh, Amanda Minnie, Mari Nishiura, um, Nicole Schroeder, not easy for me to say, and not surprising, Ellie also made the uh, all-academic team. Uh, so... Yeah. So again, getting it done in the classroom. Yep, that's well. You got to do it. You got to yep. do it. Uh, men's golf, uh, they did make the uh, regionals. Yep, I saw that. The um, yep. eighty-one team field. They finished eleven out of fourteen teams in their regional, so they will not advance. Good season overall. Bunch of top five finishes uh, by Spencer Tibbetts in particular, and, and perhaps greatest of all, they did win the Duck Invitational in Eugene. So if nothing else, the whole rest always, of the season always good to beat the Ducks. Yes. That's always the, uh, the you know, the rest mm -hmm. of the season can go to pieces, but you beat the Ducks, it's a good thing. Uh, Spencer Tibbetts, the sophomore from Vancouver, Washington, finished 31st individually, two over. That was the highest score, or sorry, lowest score in golf uh, for the Beavers. Tibbetts also uh, made all academic Pac-12, as did junior from Hawaii, Sean Liu. So there was Great. more postseason honors. They just happened to be in the academics and not on the, the course. But, hey, they all count, right? Yep. And then the softball team made a push for the postseason. It was a little bit too little too late. But they did get back into the discussion because they had swept the Ducks. Yep, and I then they had a series win over Utah. The Friday night game last week was a nail-biter, settled by an RBI single from Jessica Garcia in the bottom of the seventh to get the 2-1 walk-off. Maya Raider led off the inning with a single, and she was advanced to third by a base on balls to Fallon Molinar, and then an infield hit on a rocket right at the second baseman by Shelby Weeks, and then Garcia found a hole in shallow right for the game-winning hit. 
rubber, uh, sorry, on um, game two was Saturday. That wasn't awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankie Hamudi uh, hit her 11th home run of the year, but that wasn't enough. The bats for the Utes came to life. They got six across and they won six to two. On Sunday, the Beavers came back to take the series, which is good. You got to always win your series. They capped off their season with a 4 2 series clincher. Uh, the Utes jumped out to a 2 nothing lead, but the Beavers put up a run in the bottom of the fourth. Then Frankie Hamudi cleared the bases with a double to plate Shelby Weeks, Cameron Yabara, mm. and Carla Calderon to provide the margin that the Mariah Maison would need to notch her 17th win for the season. And that pushed the Beavers to 26-19 and 8-14 and, and 14 overall in the meat grinder that they like to call the Pac-12. Unfortunately, that wasn't quite good enough to get into the NCAA Regionals, but they did finish the season strong, taking five of their last six conference games. UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, Stanford, and Washington all made the tournament. So that's not a big surprise. Yeah. But uh, no postseason play for the Beavers, but again, postseason honors. And this time it's on the field, not in the classroom, so that's even cooler. Hmm. Uh, Shelby Weeks, the outfielder, and also pitcher Mariah Mazan were named Pac-12 All-Second Team. Freshman Frankie Hamudi carried the big stick and mm-hmm. made All-Freshman Team, as did shortstop Maya Raider, who led the team in average uh, throughout the season. So, yeah, yep. And then the uh, baseball team kept on doing their thing. Uh, number 11 in the nation right now, heading into next weekend, they walked into the belly of the beast, deep into enemy territory. Eugene, the Death Star. Home of the evil empire. Ten million ugly uniform combinations. Money flowing like wine. They paid George Horton all that money to bring back a program that had been defunct for decades, but was reborn out of jealousy at the success the Beavers had had. Uh, and, of course, all that money mm-hmm. has brought the Ducks so many national champions. Oh, that's right. But it's still the Ducks, and it's always still good to beat them. Yes. Uh, Beavers had sore arms all up and down the pitching staff, so... Uh, they did have to do some shuffling. Coach Bailey decided to bring out Bryce Femmel on the Friday night game, usually uh, occupied by Brandon Eisert. They're kind of saving him up for Stanford because he had the mm-hmm. sore arm. Femmel did a great job through a fifth complete game of his career, limiting the Ducks to one run as the Beavers cruised to a 4-1 series opener in PK Park. Then game two on Saturday, the 11th, clinched the series uh, for the Beavers with an 8-5 win. Pitching staff kind of rode the hairy hog down the stretch, but the bats were up to the task. Bo Phillip went three for four. Tyler Malone drove in three runs. Dylan Pierce did a great job, actually. His first career conference start. That's a lot of pressure on the young man. Go out there in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. win as much as at stake as they have. Uh, Jake Mulholland picked up save number six. Sunday, the Ducks got on Christian Chamberlain early. They chased him after two innings with three runs on five hits. Alex McGarry hit another home run, and it was not quite enough. Three to two loss. Adley Rutschman was walked five times during this series. I think that brings his total for the season up to sixty-four or sixty-five. So he's all alone in first place for uh, bases. Yeah, on I mean, balls. what would you what would you do, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, right. coach, pitch pitch to a guy that's hitting four thirty with seventeen home runs, or, or walk. Put yeah. him on base. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bullpen was brilliant. They held the Ducks scoreless after they chased out uh, Chamberlain, but the offense couldn't get anything going. They got a bunch of hits, and they got some walks. They put 12, uh, 12 hits up, but they stranded 15 mm. base runners. So, I mean, you bring two of those yeah. home, you win the game. 
but it just wasn't meant to be. Um, Oregon relief pitcher, by the way, Ryan Nelson, he throws the baseball very, very hard. He hit a 100 on the radar gun a couple of times, and he's probably a first-round pick. Uh, good news is that uh, finally, after all the struggles the Beavers have had with non-conference games, they won one, um, and that was on Tuesday. They uh, beat the University of Portland Pilots at uh, Goss Stadium. Hey, a win's a win, and it was non-conference. So um, they actually uh, won that one. George Mendenzona uh, provided the offense what it needed with the bases clearing double in the seventh. Beavers now sit at 34-15-1 overall, which is really solid. More importantly, they're 19-5 in the Pac-12 conference, tied with Stanford for first place. So baseball team is heading in the right direction. Yeah, so on that too, we should mention that Everybody should go online and vote for Adley Rushman. Oh yeah, right for the Golden, Golden Spikes Spice Award. Yeah, right. You can do that. We'll post the link on the page, um, so everybody go on. You can vote. Um, pretty much, I think it says twenty five times a day through May twenty sixth. So oh, fantastic! Yeah, Rushman actually is um, a lot of scouts now are starting mm-hmm. to show up at Beavers games um, because. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles are reportedly considering taking him number one. Mm-hmm. There's also a hot shot high school shortstop that they're considering. Now the Orioles already have one really good shortstop in mm-hmm. the in the pipeline, Caden Grandier from OSU, mm-hmm. but his bat is kind of lagging behind. So mm-hmm. they're thinking about whether they're going to take Rutschman, they're going to take this shortstop, um, and then also uh, apparently. Just because of the sheer power, they're they're even talking about Ryan Wilson of uh, U of O hmm. as a possibly up there near the top picks as oh, well. Interesting. Yeah, so that's okay. that's kind of what had happened since the last time we convened. All right, great. Thanks for the wrap up, Pete. Yep. So now on to our second segment. So this being our uh, last, <laughs> yeah, finale of season one. Right. So uh, just uh, got me thinking about because we talk about OSU sports so much. Um, Thought about some of the season finales for famous players and coaches uh, throughout Beaver's history. And then also, I, I don't know why, it just made me think about like TV shows and how sometimes season one finale, you're kind of wondering if it's going to make it, if it's going to uh, to have a, a toehold, but then it can yeah. end up leading to a better thing. For example, my favorite um, Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah, I was, love. I, I love in the middle of, of the season. Right. They had right? seven seven episodes the yeah. first season, much like our show. Right, and uh, like it really was kind of tough to watch that first one. Yeah, <laughs> it was a feeling out process. The yeah. network uh, kind of seemed to intend to have Leslie Nope as the breakout character, and some of that tension with Brand Danowitz and all yeah. that stuff. But that ended up being kind of garbage. And it could be argued she was the backbone of the show, but the breakout character. There were two of them, season one, really. Andy Dwyer because yes. of his broken yep. legs. Yep. Uh, in the final episode, the finale, he of course gave us the pit, yeah. uh, the song, which actually ended up as a running gag throughout all of their seasons. And then uh, Ron Swanson, of course, his last line that he uttered in season one was, "Who wants to watch me climb a tree?" Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of actually was just very much part of his character. And of course, yeah. he was he was dating the sister of his ex-wife Tammy too. Yeah. So that was also kind of awesome. And it ended up well, leading to a, a pretty good um, 
pretty good uh, overall run for the program. And then, of course, uh, the, the quote that we got from Ron Swanson, which made me happy uh, toward the end of season one was, my idea of a perfect government is one guy who sits in a small room at a desk and the only thing he's allowed to decide is who to nuke. The man is chosen based on some kind of IQ test and maybe also a physical tournament like at the Decathlon. And women are brought to him, maybe, when he desires them. Uh, turned out brilliant. Yeah, so the I show just, was great. Yeah, I, I would I would love for uh, our podcast to take off in future seasons to have that kind of success. But uh, at least you know we we know that we've made it through season one, and uh, yep. you you haven't canceled us yet, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but I, I thought about the Beavers and some of the um, well. Did you have a, a season one finale that uh, sticks with you like for a long time, where you said, you know what, I've dug on it. I've got to stick with season two. Uh, like TV or well, anything. so I, I mean, the show that I would bring up is Serenity, uh-huh. right? The um, the well, the movie was Serenity, but oh, okay. you know, but like they had this first season was a sh- TV show with Joss Whedon, and mm-hmm. they had this first season, and then they they didn't renew it. Oh, but then there was such <laughs> such uh, um, fan outcry that they got a blockbuster movie out of it. So, really? It, okay. So so you're right. Like, first seasons can often lead to big things. So oh, yeah. Hopefully that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I thought in terms of OSU sports, uh, yeah. Gary, Gary Payton, uh, the legendary point guard, national player of the year in 1990, but um, in his first season, he was just a skinny kid from Oakland. I mean, he ended up being an NBA Hall of Famer, two-time Olympic gold medalist, Gary the Glove mm-hmm. Payton. His first year at OSU was so-so. It's just aight, as Randy Jackson would say. He averaged 12 points a game, but this was Jose Ortiz's team, and he was a big man from Spain. He had a few years in the NBA. Uh, Peyton's final game of his freshman year ended. uh, He fouled out. uh, 65-62 loss to the Cal Golden Bears in the second round of the NIT tournament. So not a super season finale, but he went on to much bigger and better things. Um, and then I, of course, the Beavers uh, football uh, first years are tough with coaches. I mean, yeah. first, first year for a coach, Craig Furtig, he lost the Civil War like 500 to nothing, but it wasn't that close, something like that. But uh, near and dear to us because it was our our time there. Uh, first year, Jerry, Jerry Pettibone. Yeah, that was my his, freshman year. Yeah. Yep. And uh, his first season, of course, was tattooed with humiliating defeat after humiliating defeat. The crown jewel probably being that 58-6 to home loss to the University of Washington Huskies that we referenced on an earlier episode. Uh, was the first season of a brand new offensive system. Some players not quite equipped for that. They <laughs> <laughs> were the laughing stock of the Pac-10 and, frankly, the entire nation. But uh, I think this was in the Huskies game, but I can't remember because the losses kind of ran together. One of my favorite things that ever happened, though, no, it couldn't have been the Huskies game because Ed Browning was still healthy. Yeah. So, um, But Ed Browning was running the option, the triple option, double wing or double slot offense, and he pitched the ball so high, I swear that Chad Paulson, the halfback, called a fair catch. I mean, it was just, he was like, it was like he was watching a punt come down, and he got knocked about halfway to Philomas. The Beavers turned the ball over on that particular uh, play. And they lost. Uh, they were 0-10 going into the Civil War, the season one finale for yeah. Coach Pettibone, I if remember, you will. And I was at that game. Yeah. yeah. So Coach Pettibone had his team practice carrying the seniors off of the field on their shoulders in victory. Mm-hmm. Somehow that planted a seed that they could finish off his first season finale with some style, some panache 
OSU had not won a Civil War game in Autzen in 18 years by then. Uh, <laughs> granted, the Ducks were kind of terrible, too. They were 3-7 and seven themselves, causing a lot of people to be calling for the head of Rich Brooks because, you know, that's the way it operates down there. But nonetheless, the Beavers went in and won. Chad Paulson had his best game of the year, rushing for 149 yards, and he threw a halfback pass, which was probably the best pass thrown by anybody all year. Uh, for a touchdown to my good friend Maurice Wilson, the wide receiver from San Bernardino, California. Stunning 14-3 victory. Of course, uh, and, Pettibone. And in that game, J.J., um, what's his name? J.J. Blo- Young. J.J. Young blocked the punt. Right, They were punting Oregon. They had Oregon down. I think that might have been 93, but it could oh, have been I thought, it was, I thought it was 91. Time kind of gets away from me. Yeah, now I'll have to go back and look it that up. It all seems like forever it when, is you, a, when you're was, a Beaver fan. Yes, it, it was a blur. But yeah. Um, in that uh, season finale, though, I mean, he took a took a, a, an otherwise moribund franchise of Beavers to the pinnacle of mm-hmm. what a season at Oregon State can be. Um, for some reason, I couldn't find anything. I thought this might be in your wheelhouse. Um, uh, Scott Ruick, of course, inherited a program that was in some state of disrepair because there was a lot of uh, disharmony between the previous coach, LaWanda Wagner, and the, and the players. players. Right, and so he had open tryouts his first yeah. season. Right, open tryouts. Yeah, and, that's uh, nuts. So yeah. they, uh, I don't know how they finished 2011, uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. They uh, since then he has a 205 and 96 record and a Final Four appearance under his belt. So. That worked out pretty good. I don't know if we'll end up as good off as Parks and Rec or GP or Coach Bettebone or Coach Ruick, but uh, it was a fun first season. I mean, I enjoyed this. So we got to talk about the women's basketball team a lot because that's um, something you follow very closely. Yes. Next season, maybe if I uh, pony up the dough and pay for cable TV or something, I can follow them more closely. But they made another Sweet 16 run. Um, They went to the big city of Albany. Uh, New York, and we got to learn about Albany, New York, and yeah. uh, and um, let's see, baseball seems to be headed the postseason again. Gymnastics team had an awesome season; they finished sixth in the nation, which is fantastic. But we got to learn more about uh, Albany. Uh, we got to learn about other sports. We got to learn about track and field and golf and rowing. And they, yeah, they we learned that beavers can throw stuff they really throw far, really, really far. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got some throwers coming up, and that's going to be exciting to watch over the yep. next couple of years. Uh, got to tell, tell a couple of my silly stories about uh, life of, uh, OPE, of OSU potential superstar EK, Ernest Killam. Um, memorable weekend on campus for me. Um, you, uh, What else did you get out of the, this first season I of just, this grand experiment? Oh, my fr- I, like I got out of my like learning to do this, number one, yeah. trying to do this, which is always fun for me to learn new skills. And then also having a, a facility to vent about <laughs> my how disrespectful the, the the media in general doesn't recognize how big of a talent Michaela Pivik is this year. So. That was kind of a sticking so, point for you all yes, year long. Yes, it was. Yes, I think this finally is probably... at the end when she got invited to the USA basketball. Yeah. Um, Trying finally getting some recognition got the for recognition how much, how much she was due she's, after yeah, absolutely. an entire season. So. Yeah. And that'll be fun next year when they come back because, as you indicated the last time out, they've got a, a whole bunch of talent coming yeah, in. Yeah, they've so got a lot of talent coming back, and so hopefully it's big things for OSU sports coming up in this next year. Yep, and they can continue to uh, challenge that team from down the road. Um, and then uh, we'll reconvene at some point. 
Yeah, we'll figure that out for when the next season is. And then uh, depending on if the Beaver baseball team's going, how far they go, we might have a special episode or, or sure. whatnot over the summer and see yeah. what happens. But um, otherwise, we'll just take a look at what's coming, coming up, up, I next. guess. And yep. Yeah, sounds good. Let's take a, let's take a look at what is coming up. What's coming up. School year, of course, is getting closer and closer to done, so we get a little bit deeper into that. And the amount of uh, athletic events does start to dwindle, mm-hmm. um, which is why we are at the season finale for season one as the unyet, the uh, yes yet unnamed podcast. Um, Ellie Slamo, of course, has the uh, NCAA championships beginning tomorrow um, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, as uh, the golf individual representative she is just the fifth beaver to advance to the championships as an individual in school history it's a 24 team and 12 individual uh, 54 hole tournament and then uh, she's teeing off at 10:50 a.m our time tomorrow and fans uh, who you can probably of course i'm sure that it'll be linked to the osubeaver.com mm-hmm. or OregonLive.com or something like that. And we'll link it here as well. Okay, cool. Right. And then uh, GolfStats.com is going to have live real-time scoring. So good luck, Ellie. Yes. We're happy that you're there, proud that you're there. Sorry that you have to go to Arkansas. That is a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the best thing to come out of Arkansas, though, is uh, I-40. So, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> but uh, women's track and field, they have uh, West Regionals coming up um, the 23rd through the 25th in Sacramento. And should anyone advance to the NCAA championships, uh, they will be on June 6th. I would bet on the throwers to make some noise. I really would. Yep. Um, and uh, the rowing team, the both men's and women's rowing, uh, will uh, have the Pac-12 championships coming up in Gold Beach, California. That's this weekend. Men's Varsity 8 is actually still ranked 17th in the country heading into conference championships, so we uh, wish them a bunch of luck. And then baseball, of course, as they say in Texas, both in regards to pecan farming and cattle ranching, it's nut-cutting time. Uh, Beavers tied for first place in the Pac-12 with Stanford, uh, making this weekend's series at Sunken Diamond in Palo Alto very, very critical. Got to win this series mm-hmm. uh, because that will put them in the position to host a regional, which makes the path of least resistance to a college World Series because you win yeah. your regional, you host your super regional, then you get to keep moving. Uh, should they not win the conference, they'll probably end up in a regional, could be at Stanford, uh, God knows where else it could go, but it's most likely, you know, they seem to cram a couple of Pac-12 teams together. Last year, the Beavers had... Was it the regional or super regional where the Huskies were there? I guess I it, was it was the a super, super regional. regional. Yeah. And uh, so there's hope that they actually but, win this series against Stanford because then they've got a series against USC as well. And if they can just win both of those series, right. then they'll, then they'll win the roll, Pac-12. And, and then they can roll into the postseason in better shape. Yeah. So Although the, Beaver baseball likes to do things the hard way. That's true. I mean, so, they I mean, really Look do. at how they won last year, right? Yeah, yeah. They, Every game seemed like an elimination game. Well, so. yeah. They won six elimination games. So and, yeah, they kind of like to do it the hard way. Yeah. So I think this weekend, too, uh, Coach Bailey chose to rest Isert and Gambrell and um, – against the Ducks, and they didn't need them except maybe on Sunday. But actually, on Sunday, mm-hmm. they just needed somebody who could drive in and run. Right. But um, so Gambrell and uh, Isert might be back. I haven't seen anything official on that. The other thing to keep an eye on, this is interesting, uh, in regards to Beavers baseball, Coach Casey, if by June 1st 
he decides not to come back, then he is officially retired. Now, if he decides by June 1st he wants to come back, next season, the Beavers coach will be Coach Casey again. Um, and that might be interesting. That, that might means, be interesting. So, and so he, he can decide to come back and they may not announce it. That's true too. Right. So, so we may not learn anything until after the postseason right. that he exercised an option or not. Right. Intrigue. Right. I like yeah, it. Yeah, right. So, so that's you never know. Other part of, uh, of baseball that's going on. But that's pretty much what they've got coming up. And, of course, uh, football spring practice is, uh, I think, done with. Yeah, it's got, done with. Uh, and so then I think we're just waiting. And they did, I thought they saw they signed some recruit. I can't remember. Yeah, but, but that, that comes up in August. I try not to get my hopes up about the football team. <laughs> well, I, I did see the, uh, this is discouraging too, but Coach Smith prefers to make phone calls, apparently, to uh, his recruits. And you got to text, and you gotta, uh, they got to get a, a good social media intern that uh, – you know, it does the Facebooks and the, well, no, Facebook's for old people like me, right? Um, oh, yeah, Facebook's kids, going away. The, the, it's the Snapchats the and the Twitters Instagram and the Instagrams and, yeah. and the whatever, right? And, um, so, yeah, that's, that's got to happen. But that's, that's basically all that we've got coming up. But it looks yeah. like uh, Pac-12 championships um, are on the line. So it's exciting. Yeah. And so that will wrap our episode and our season. Thanks yeah. for this, Pete. It's been Thank a lot you. of fun. It has been fun, and we'll uh, continue to learn, and it'll get better. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to those who have been listening. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.